good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. let that sink in for a minute. Grace and gratitude. So thinking about what to share today, I recall a story. Around 1997, there was a 99-year-old kid. He dreamed of being a basketball player. And he recalled, talked about the time he was in a uh, the little league, maybe 10 years old and under, was the league that he was in. And he was looking around at all the players around him. And he was saying to himself, oh, I'm not as tall as he is. I'm not as strong as this guy here. I definitely can't jump as high as this person over there. And of course, from appearances, uh, he was an undersized, scrawny kid, and he's asking himself, how am I going to make it? And he said when he was in freshman in high school, he started thinking, what if I don't grow? You know? And it was difficult for him, and he, but he loved the game. He loved the game. And in that moment, he realized something. He realized that, yes, he was different. And he was tempted to focus on what he could not do. He was tempted to focus on what he did not have. But one thing that he knew he could do, my man could shoot. He could shoot the basket. And that's what he brought to the team. And he knew despite his physical limitations, he knew he could play. So he embraced on the challenge of what others thought were his limitations. And he began to appreciate, began to bless the fact that he could shoot like nobody's business. And he focused on that. He didn't focus on what he did not have. He focused on what he did have. So fast forward to today. He's now a four-time champion with the Oldest Day Warriors. His name is Steph Curry. Arguably the greatest shooting guard uh, in, in NBA history. And of course, when he comes down the court, in the last few seconds of the game, as they're down by two, all those players that he thought were bigger than him, shoot better, taller than him, jumped higher than him, they're quaking in their boots because they know they're about to lose by one. <laughs> but it all started by thinking, by appreciating and thanking for what he did have and not in any way cursing what he did not have. 
So as we enter into Thanksgiving week, it gives us an opportunity to deepen and to reawaken our own awareness of the power of praise, the power of gratitude, the power of thanksgiving that gives us the courage and gives us the strength to see beyond appearances, even before we can see beyond an appearance, begin to exercise a willingness to praise anyway. And we begin to exercise that willingness and power of praise by praising that spirit, praising that good that's everywhere, even before we can physically see it. And when we do, we discover what we appreciate, what we praise, what we give thanks for. It amplifies, it multiplies, becomes even more than we could possibly imagine. And so that leads me to the topic of today, which is called BAM. <laughs> it's written as bless and multiply. Or we can say wham, bam. Wholeness, health, always manifesting, bless and multiply it. And of course, that topic was inspired by a story in the Bible. And many may be familiar with this story because the bears revisiting, bears repeating. So I'm going to do something I don't usually do on Sunday. I'm going to read from the Bible. I know I don't ever had the Bible here this morning. There was asking me, is that a Bible? <laughs> Yes, it is. Well, we don't want anybody to be nervous. You'll be okay. I'm going to read some words from it, like they do in the old school. And it's from Matthew, the 14th chapter and 33rd verse that they used to say, let it read. And here's the story. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. And they replied, the disciples, that is, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them there here to me. And then he, Jesus, ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked upon the heavens. He blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. Now, that's the story. I'm going to just base this talk today on bless and multiply. It's interesting in that story. It's the only story that in the scriptures that all the four gospels agree upon, all the writers agree upon. And it says there that Jesus stood and had compassion for the multitudes. And he decided to feed them. And then the disciples said, well, well, we're in a desert place. Look, man, we don't have any DoorDash here. There's no Uber. I don't know anything about any Grubhub. We can't just send people out there to, to go purchase any kind of food. But we look at the scripture. This desert is a wide open place. There's no obstruction, no clutter. You may have heard this statement, make a highway in the desert for my Lord, which is the law of life. It means whatever, there's a desert place. You're going through a 
place that you can't see your way out of necessarily. But it's a purification process that's been set in motion. And it's, it's a clearing out of clutter and all things that we used to depend on. Maybe what we held on to that we thought we needed to get over, all those things are gone. It's a desert place now. And in this desert place, Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. And the five and two is a metaphysical term that represents his divine. So he took what he had and he turned to the heaven, which is Greek means expansion or expanding good. And he blessed what he had and he multiplied it. And it expanded and became more than what he had on the material plane, what he could see. And it says the 5,000 were fed, not including the men, women, and children. And there was plenty left over in the 12 baskets. Now, there's a dynamic principle here that we increase whatever we give our attention to. There's a community in, in Africa that if a person in that community breaks out the, or breaks away from the moral code, breaks some of the laws or mores of that community. What they do, they get that person and they bring that person, they bring them and they put them in the middle of the community and surround them with all the community members. And every person that's there has to go up to that person and say how magnificent they are. Point out all the good qualities they have in that individuals, all the things they've done right in their life, all the things they've helped others in their life. And that person has to sit there and hear all of this praise directed toward them. They just have to sit there and they just have to take it. <laughs> and they do that until there's a transformation that takes place. And that person goes back into the community, a totally different person. I think in our own life, we want to examine what we're focusing on. We want to examine what we're thinking and what we're looking for in our world, in other people, and what we're interested in. Whether it's something we do not want or do want, whatever we look for, ultimately we will find and ultimately experience. Sometimes we focus on where we're, where we're lacking and, and don't have much, and we give our attention to that. So we need to look at our life from time to time and ask a fundamental question. What's in my house? What's in my awareness? What's in my consciousness? What do I have? If an individual is saying, I don't have much, you know, I don't have much of a gig, my, uh, my, my funds are low, that's a disease, my place ain't much, I don't have an education, I got too much education, I don't have much. And if you're one of those people, understand this is the place when you walk through the door, something, an alarm goes off so we can know where you are. <laughs> But we don't want to do that. We want to take what we have and begin to bless it. And what we will bless becomes a blessing for each and every one of us. And that's what Stephen Curry did with his talent that he did have. He blessed it. But often people curse what they have and say it's not enough. It's too small. If I only had more, if I only had more, I would really live. If I only had more, I would begin to give. If only I had more, I'd really do what I was meant to do in my life. If I only had more time, money, talent, experience, whatever the case may be, if I only had more, I don't have enough. So they curse what they have, and it diminishes. It does not serve them because maybe they're cursing it, but we want to bless and multiply knowing that we amplify, we bless and grow what we give our attention to, knowing that whatever we're looking for, ultimately we will find and we will experience. 
there is a story about a woman. This is just a story. But she had heard about a, a burglar that was in the community. And uh, she had saw the burglar news on the, on, on the TV and looked on the Internet and, and uh, looked in the local community newspaper. They had all of these. She was just finding them every single place. And so she just knew this burglar was going to show up. So every day she'd go out, look outside, and look in her back rooms, and, and look under the beds. And this went on for day in and day out, for a month in and month out, and there was no burglar showing up. Then finally one day she looked in a spare room, and there was the burglar. And she said, finally you've arrived. Finally you've shown up. But I think it captures this principle. We know it well, energy flows where our attention goes. And the question worth asking ourselves, where am I placing my attention? What kind of energy am I broadcasting? What kind of energy am I radiating? You know, I learned to practice from uh, our Native American friends, uh, the Dakota tribe. And this is being Native American month, and I realized that they found something that's worth us copying. And that is they always gave thanks before asking for anything or visualizing or planning for more or going for a bigger vision. Before becoming receptive to the greater blessings, reminder to always give thanks, to always move in a consciousness of gratitude. And of course, we can take that particular inspiration and begin to take in that way of life a way of life in which gratitude becomes our primary way of being and how we walk through life and walk in the world. And years ago, I uh, had an opportunity. I was in a service, and uh, Maya Angelou had come. For those who know about Maya Angelou, she had passed on. And I didn't know it at the time, but she was going through a lot of challenges, of health challenges, and, and uh, her son was having some challenges. And, and of course, you know, we were, you know, we were honored to have her present there. And at the end of the service, I asked her, well, Miss Angela, would you like, I said very meekly, would you like to say a few words to us? <laughs> and she got up, and the only thing that she said was, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All the stuff that she was going through, she expressed gratitude and appreciation by expressing thanks. I think when we discover that when we give that thanks, when we express that gratitude, we rise above our self-concerns. We rise above those things that seemingly are in our way. Because I realize without gratitude, we realize we're contracting our, our, our point of view and, and conforming to the circumstances that we may live in. But with gratitude, we bypass the seeming circumstances by praising and we begin to lift our vibration. We lift ourselves into another level. Understand, we always have a choice. You know, we know the statement, choose ye this day whom you shall serve. As it says in one of the scriptures, no one can serve two masters. For either you'll hate one or love the other, or else you will hold on to one and despise the other. So we've got to choose. And I realize that you know, it's impossible to be cynical and thankful at the same time. I always like to say, you know, that's like trying to, to frown and be mad while you're skipping at the same time. I don't know if you ever tried to do that. You try to skip and, and try to be mad, have a frown. You can't, it's impossible. Those are two contradictory things. 
I think in the same way it's difficult, if not impossible, to be cynical and thankful at the same time. So I had this revelation that if we're cynical, if we're skeptical, if we're pessimistic, we can never fully participate in the fullness of life. We can't fully participate in our own power. And thanksgiving and gratitude and blessings are placed on hold till something turns out right according to what we think right is. But if we're putting blessings on hold, we cannot really receive the good of this grand, majestic universe because we're trying to push it through an opening that is not quite large enough for the Spirit of God to take hold. Sometimes people put thanksgiving on hold till something in life is the way they want it to be. So they're constantly putting gratitude on hold because somehow, somewhere they think, well, if I keep doing this and expressing gratitude, I'm sending the universe a wrong message. And they're thinking, well, if I have too much gratitude for what I have right now, then things will stay the way they are forever. So I want the universe to know and be absolutely clear, I do not know and like what's happening, and I'm not going to be grateful for anything right now. But it doesn't work that way. Our life and our world corresponds by corresponding to what's going on within us. So we've got to feel the aliveness. We've got to feel it. We've got to feel the gratitude. And we will discover when we do circumstances and situations in life, oh, they will get better. The circumstances, situations, they will improve, but it will not improve if we're waiting and holding back on life till such actions happen. It doesn't happen that way. So we want to look on the principle today of bam, blessing and multiplying. What we want to have, we bless it. We bless what we have. We give thanks for it, and it will unleash the quality inherent that we all have, and it will multiply even more in our life. There's a lot going on in the world today if we check that out. I don't say check it out too much. I always say when things are going on, you see the headlines on, on, on the Internet. That's really just telling us what to pray for. You know, that's all. And I don't look at it. That's not the ultimate facts. It's telling us what to pray for. But we can look at our lives and, and, and our world, and it may appear to be a lot of separation and conflict and limitation. But in gratitude, we have an opportunity to name it an opportunity, to say to ourselves, my need is to express myself more. My need is to give of myself more. My need is to plant myself in the stream of life. And as I plant, as I give, as I express, as I glow and bless the good, oh, I multiply the good, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And when we keep our eyes single, looking for the good, expecting that good, blessing that good, multiplying that good. Oh, we don't have to be afraid of any kind of impending doom that people come up with because know that in our heart there is a spiritual idea that's held in the mind and the heart of this infinite presence. God saw it good. It is good unfolding. In any process of unfolding, yes, there appears to be what appears to be good sometimes and appears to be not so good. But we're able to see the big picture. We see the oak tree that's already in the acorn. We see the rose plant coming, when, and we're not dismayed when the petals fall and self-prune themselves or they go through the different changes to bear witness to the rose. We do not say, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? We already know a rose is going to happen. We already know the oak tree is going to be there. 
So in our own life, when doubt comes and when fear comes, we recognize that we're so rooted in the power and the presence and the love of God, and our eye is so single, and we're multiplying more and more of that good. We know those thoughts that come through and pass, they won't stay. And we'll become like the wonderful ushers. We'll just let those things go. You know, things will come into our life and we'll say, oh, I know you. You're that fear doubt. You have come to pass. <laughs> oh, I know you. You're that fear thought. You have come to pass. I know you. You're that separation and judgmentalism that we're seeing in the world. Being overly critical, you have come to pass. We will be the great ushers through the power of our focus and appreciation, ushering out doubt, ushering in the power and the presence and the love of God. So the Spirit of God has to say, bam! If you bless and multiply, I will pour forth a blessing too big for you to receive. Prove me now in this wholeness, healing, always manifesting. Wham, bam, bless and multiply today. It is here for you. It's here for you. And we'll end it there and say, have a great, magnificent, blessing and multiplying Thanksgiving. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life